Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat episode 427. I'm your host, Zach Ryan, and I'm joined today by Per Schneider. Na du Alter? Yes, you can. Brian Altano. And way over there. 
Jonathan Dornbush. Hey there. Welcome back, buddy. It's Thank been a long you. time Glad since we had you on the show. What's been going on in the last several months with you? Uh, just, you know, playing the games. Uh-huh. I won't talk about non-Nintendo games right. here. No, not You can do that. Story. So in the interim, since you've been yes. around, or since you've been gone, yeah. uh, you've kind of taken over our PlayStation show. Yeah, yeah. I'm what's what's going on over in the world of PlayStation? Uh, well, now we're doing name changes. We have This is a Nintendo now. show. Oh, be no. quiet. Oh, that's it. Oh, oh, we're done. Oh, just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. We're no. lots of games that will be on Switch in two years. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> kidding. But no, Jonathan, talk to us about uh, talk to us about what's going on over at PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of changes going on recently. It's sort of weird as we're getting toward what we think is the end of a console life cycle. We're seeing PSN name changes finally. We're seeing yeah. cross-play in beta with mm-hmm. Fortnite. You're really we're letting them do PlayStation seeing PS oh, Yeah, we're just seeing a lot of cool things. Spider-Man, you may have heard of it, came out. Yeah. Great. I don't so know if you've heard about this. Program. We might. I've heard about maybe, it. Maybe, maybe, I know. Maybe Switch will get a Kingdom Hearts port of some sort in the future, and we then you can so. share your fan fiction on Absolutely, the show. Absolutely. More than mm-hmm. happy. Yeah. I'll you read and come, I was going to say, you can come and read your, your Kingdom Hearts diaries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Please. They are official, unofficial novels. Can I, can I talk about what ar- arrived at your desk today, or is that strictly No, you can talk about it. I just haven't put it on video. Yeah. Yet, yeah uh, Jonathan today received a giant box from somebody, and when he opened it up, what was inside? A Keyblade. A life-size two-scale Keyblade. Oh, That's what? Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. You're going to be running around San Francisco streets tonight, huh? Oh, yeah. Don't worry. It's going to be a crazy <laughs> Halloween. has come early. Oh, you're going to have the, cool, the, yeah. the coolest mug shot. One of the biggest yeah. uh, Kingdom Hearts dorks that I know, Jonathan Dormish, really like- my business card. You know, he's got, a, he's got a real depth of knowledge for the lore. He likes the games. He likes all like those Disney Disney's? boys. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say. Um, but Jonathan, as somebody who's recently taken over a show, I, I got to say, I really like what you're doing over there on Beyond. I appreciate it. Thank and I'm glad to have you on our show today. Glad to be here. I like yeah. what you've been doing with that. Thank you very much. Of course. Um, but Kiss. The re- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I feel like the two of you, like the two of us kissing would be like re- like just me kissing like a mirror, like a yeah, smaller mirror. Yeah, it's like mirror. a weird looper yeah. scenario. What but is like the show this week? I, I don't what is know what's going on. Jonathan and I are having a great time. Oh, it's that one, two, three testing mics. It's a mic test, right? If you're not on board with the way that I run this show, I mean, you got another thing coming. Uh, No, but Jonathan, the real reason you're here is because you're part of our news team. I am. And uh, we missed some pretty significant news last week because we record a little earlier now, right? Um, Of course. Thanks a lot, Zach. And it's totally my fault. Uh, I am, of course, talking about uh, the Wall Street Journal's news breaking late last night or last Wednesday night um, about a potential Switch 2.0 coming in uh, fall of next year. So let's let's take a look at what uh, Wall Street Journal had to say. This is from Wall Street Journal Japan. Pear had to translate the whole thing for me. Thank you. And, for that, and then Pear. he put up his own translation like two minutes later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Luke Riley covered the news for us, and he said that the unofficial report cites suppliers and others with direct knowledge of the plan as sources, and that Wall Street Journal Japan sources uh, reportedly told a publication that there are active discussions about new hardware and software function and the cost to implement them, including upgrading the system's low-end LCD display. The sources also indicated that this new switch could arrive in the second half of 2019 and perhaps as early as the Northern Hemisphere summer. Um, So I think first thing, Jonathan, I wanted to ask you, this seems kind of like a no-brainer. How likely are we to believe that these rumors are actually true? I mean, I've seen a lot of reports like this from the Wall Street Journal, and obviously specifics can change, but they tend to be pretty much on the accurate side with a lot of these, not just in gaming, but movies and TV a lot, too. Um, A lot of big companies tend to use them as a way of dealing with news that they don't want to necessarily announce themselves sometimes, but yeah, I think there's a lot of most likely truth to this report. The Mm -hmm. specifics, like I was saying, may not be true. We'll see when this Switch 2.0 theoretical thing may come, but 
I think this is a pretty safe bet. We've answered this question from a couple of uh, readers before on the show, right? When when do we think the first Switch revision will happen? Will it happen for the holidays this year? And we said, no, that Nintendo's typical cadence is two years, right? Mm -hmm. Two years to three years, two and a half years for their handhelds. Obviously, with consoles, it's been a little different. Right. Done RAM expansions and add-on modems and all that and stuff. Yeah. There's that time they turned but, the Wii red. But this mm -hmm. is like, okay. you would you would be at the two and a half year mark mm -hmm. where you can release an update to the system. And don't think this is the Switch 2, like all new hardware, all new software, not backwards compatible. This is likely to be more like the new 3DS or more like a, like DS it's not going to be slim because they're limited right. by the uh, Joy-Con on the side. Yeah, that's exactly Better it. screens and all I of that. I don't see them disrupting or splitting the user base they have right now. Um, the last time they did something like that was with Wii Motion Plus, Yeah, mm -hmm. which was weird. Um, and you had multiple options to work around that. You could put that weird... You know, butt cap on the bottom of your Wiimote, or you could just buy the that's, one that had. That's what we're gonna call that. The butt, butt cap. cap. Yeah, I think yeah. that's yeah. what the Nintendo officially called. Yeah, I mean, if you're keeping track, a butt cap is a hat that you put on your ass. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Boy, this show has changed. <laughs> it's different now. Yeah, it's a different show. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, to what Pear said, um, he's correct in that it's it's this is a no brainer for the handheld side, but we don't see this with consoles at all. I can't well, talk. That's Xbox um, One yeah, X, but, PlayStation Pro. Well, yeah. not with Nintendo. Yeah. Those yeah. like those are. I, those, I don't know if that's what we're going to see here because I have a feeling this is going to be more like when they redesigned the Vita and it had mm -hmm. a different screen and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Well, you know, the the Wi-Fi radio is slow for the yeah. machine. There, there are a couple of things that where, where Nintendo made enhancements with the 3DS line before um, where they could could make the, the system a little bit more competitive with other machines. Um, but one thing, you know, there have been rumors about an upgrade for a while, and those rumors were rooted in the uh, the actual specs of the dev, the dev kit hardware. So the dev hardware and the software and the tools actually have access to 8 gigs of RAM mm -hmm. yeah. and 64 gigs of internal st uh, um, storage, which is, of course, for developers to kind of work off higher specs and then kind of cram it right. into 4 gigs. So it's possible that they'll do something similar along those lines where they upgrade the hardware this way mm -hmm. and then allow maybe you know 1080p output on a better screen on the, on the what, small but, machine maybe what do you, what do you think their ultimate goal is here though right like it doesn't sell sound more very units? nintendo does it no I, I because it's it's like if you look at the 3ds line or the handheld line mm -hmm. in general um when they redesigned it right when yeah. they came out with the super nintendo one the ocarina of time one all, all of the special the, the animal crossing ones right yeah. every time we saw those we're like this is an excuse to get a new one there was that new yeah. 3ds xl that had face plates you could swap off uh -huh. um with the Switch, they sell Joy-Cons, and you buy Joy-Cons, and that's great, no. but they only get... <laughs> They only <laughs> hypothetically get 80 bucks from you if you buy a set of those. That's Whereas so on a new Switch, they could get 300. I'm in no rush to buy a new Switch. Yeah. You know, I like mine. But, but so, like, you, did you buy the new 3DS, uh, the new 3DS that had faster hardware? Not not that we saw a lot of software that actually the used new it, 3DS. Right? They were yeah. like, yes. Yeah. 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 With the nub. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, they added, they added obviously a change in stick configuration, mm -hmm. but then the, but there's uh, also the like chipset was updated and you could create games specifically for the hardware. Of course, nobody did. Nintendo did. There was a few. There's a few first and second. Yeah, there's a few first and second party games that took advantage of it. But like that actually made more sense to me because it was an iterative system in that the like you said the chipset was improved. Like there were things that had those made some games run smoother or made load load times a little bit shorter. 
this to me sounds like the guts of this this hardware are going to be basically the same, but you might have a better display, which is intriguing to me. Like I'm not, first of all, the, the Switch doesn't have the most mind-blowing graphics in the first place, so seeing them sharper on a screen is like fine, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily something to me that would like make me run out and buy one on day That's one. That's the thing. I, like, if, if the ultimate goal here is to solve a problem that exists, yeah. I would look at the Switch and go, what are the biggest problems I have with this thing in handheld mode? And one of them is obviously the internal storage. Mm. You know, or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. But that's that something you, can't you can make calls on it. Yeah, right. yeah that you can make phone calls on it. No, voice I, chat. Yeah. And like, no, by the way, if you double the RAM, you can do cross uh, cross game chat really yeah. easily, right? You still have to solve for a port in the oh, controller. Man, that feels yeah. like I mean, such a double middle finger after already charging for people for online and then but, coming back and going, oh, if you want voice chat on this thing, you're going to have to buy a new Switch. call this the pro streamer edition for online players or something, yeah. right? It really depends on what, like, Brian, you said the ultimate <laughs> uh, goal. Yeah. It depends what the goal is. Yeah. The system. Yeah. And we exactly. re- because we don't know anything officially yet, we can't really say what the goal of this mm-hmm. revamp will be, whether it's intended for people who already have a Switch, people who haven't jumped on yet. <laughs> yeah. Like that's really well, a mix of both, obviously. Andrew Goldfarb and I, who, you know, runs runs news with you, we did a we did a conversation. You know him. Yeah. I've heard yeah. of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big fan. We did a conversation last week about this and he theorized towards the end of it that like maybe we're overthinking this. Maybe they'll make a two DS version of the Switch. Like something that's actually for a lower point of entry right. that is yeah. cheaper, that has a you know a worst-looking LCD screen or uh, lower quality, um, and I think that's totally I think they have something. That. It's, it's, <laughs> it's already here. It's, yeah. It is the um, Switch, right? By I, then, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. Is like Zach, you nailed it. Like, I don't think that you really have an issue playing video games on this thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a 720p screen, mm-hmm. and sometimes it drops to 480 when you're playing stuff like Crash Bandicoot Collection and stuff. But for the most part, like this. This handles everything well, and the battery is like, yeah, sometimes it's three hours or two and a half, but I, I, that's never really been a major but, issue. But that might me. be that. That's a nice sales tactic, right, for the holidays next year to say, hey, there's a new edition of the Switch. It has more storage, more RAM, cross-platform, yep. cross-game chat, and the battery life is longer. That's already sounds really good. And then if they if they will make a push towards um, streaming software like Netflix and all of that, obviously they have Hulu on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the current Switch can output 4K streaming. Yeah, right. No problem through HDMI. Obviously can't display it. I don't know if it's much of a selling factor to say now the the display is 1080p or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They'll definitely not do an Xbox One X where games natively run 4K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but nonsense. The sales side of it, like that, approaching it with that mindset to me is what makes the most sense. Of this is very much to keep the Switch in the cultural conversation yeah. as new holidays come up, and especially as if we're looking toward new PS4s mm-hmm. and Xbox Fives, whatever you want to call it, the new systems. It's not going to be that the Switch will be forgotten, but it just keeps it more in the conversation. Oh, there's a new switch. Right. Also, by the way, and, and it's I, a factor I hadn't really considered. Your yeah, right. and I think that it is important for like it's important to keep in mind. One of the things that I thought was really funny about the story breaking was coming into the office on Thursday morning, and people were losing their minds about, oh, there's going to be a new switch. Oh man, this is so crazy for Nintendo. But Nintendo is kind of the one that in, like invented the iterative system, right? Uh-huh. And I think whether or not you're funny talking about disc system, exactly, like they've been doing this. NES. Well, and that was the funniest thing is because like cooler minds prevailed. I feel like it was definitely you two that were leading that charge. That were like, hey, uh, actually we. We've seen this from Nintendo a hundred times. Like this isn't like this isn't a huge deal. And from Atari before that. (laughs) Well, yeah. But uh, like Jonathan says, like regardless of whether or not you're you're talking about scaling down and and advertising to an audience that that maybe wants to pay a little bit less for a system, or scaling up and attracting the most hardcore of crowds that are like, well, I already have a Switch, but I need the newest one because I I love Nintendo games or I want to play them in a higher fidelity. You are keeping that that name on the the tip of people's tongues. Like you are keeping that conversation going. And that I mean that's a strategy that's worked for. PlayStation. It's a strategy that's worked for Microsoft. Like it totally makes sense that Nintendo would do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't at all surprised. I think some people were kind of taken by surprise, but this 
absolutely feels right within the timeline that they would do something like that. Makes sense. I'd, yeah. I'd be curious to see if they do, uh, if they if they kind of target upgrader audiences and not include the dock in the new package, right? Mm-hmm. Like no charger, no dock, assuming that you already have all of that at home. Or no, maybe, no power outlet. maybe, I mean, this system, <laughs> the there are a couple of yeah. other things that are, that are kind of dumb, right? Like where, you know, where the charge plug is when you're standing it up and now, all now that. You're, and just, so, you're just nagging the poor little no, but, guy. But, <laughs> but maybe, maybe those are some of the things they could tweak and then release a new dock because we know the dock. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, the, the kickstand kick sucks. And, and the, the dock scratches yeah. the well, screen. Not right? only that, so, but like we also see cracks in the casing. It's got a bad what? D-pad. Like there's there's a lot of like actual... What D-pad? <laughs> exactly. Uh, there's a lot of like actual yeah. physical things that could be addressed with the Switch. Yeah. And I think Super that... Low. That's kind of a, a an easy transition into the, the question that I had for all of you is that what are some of the key features that you want to see in a Switch 2.0? We've, we've sort of danced around a little bit here and, and said what they could be, but like personally, what's the one thing that you want to see out of this next iteration? I mean, I would love to see... You know, even I would love to see a bump in just processing power, like more RAM and and a newer. Obviously, they they will have a newer, fresher chipset, um, because certain games like uh, Overcooked, for example, they don't run at sixty frames per second. Mm-hmm. They don't run as nicely on this machine, and I feel like you get more out of giving the machine a little bit more oomph rather than resolution output mm-hmm. um, to make games look better. Yeah, I, I would say that that my pick is is kind of what I was just talking about. The actual, the, the Switch is very durable. Like, I do feel like I've definitely dropped my Switch and it's not cracked or anything, but I do feel like there are little things, the fact that the Joy-Con sluts are... <laughs> slots are a little loose Sloots. or the, the sluts <laughs> is loose um, or that it doesn't have a, a like an actual D-pad or the fact that it, the screen's getting scratched. Like I'd love for them to go back in, take a look at the way that they, they are casting these things and make them a little more durable just in the, the minutia of it. Yeah, But that's uh, more like Joy-Con updates then, right? Like I think the one thing that holds them back is that they committed to this controller and this size. Mm. Like I don't know how much they, how, how willing they are to like change the mechanics of it. And the They're willing to put NES like controllers well, on the side of that. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, but that's that's the other thing is like <laughs> if they're tr- if they're truly talking about creating something that is like uh, non-exclusive, then they have to create something that is like forwards and backwards compatible, yeah, right? right? So the idea that you, you split the market, right? So the idea that'd be that annoying like, if I couldn't use oh, my nine hundred Joy-Con. Here's a better design, <laughs> exactly. Here's a better design Joy-Con, but it only works on Switch two point like that, uh, that would really yeah. cost uh, Brian, go so ahead. You can put it in the drawer with your old iPhone four charging cables and the that's rest right. of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually would like to see more quality of life stuff that sort of uh, connects around the Nintendo Switch itself, sort of like Bluetooth heads, headphone support. I'd rather see a redesigned Pro controller. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to relaunch the Switch, I'd I'd like to, for them. To focus on the whole suite of products that went around that like a better dock would be really cool that doesn't scratch the system a new pro controller that has a headphone jack which seems like a very simple basic thing to do because everybody else got that down but for the switch itself um i guess i'll just echo what you guys said plus the kickstand thing and and the better screen i think it's mostly not really an issue for me as for something like overcooked like a small team made that game, mm-hmm. uh, but if you can make Zelda and Mario Kart and mm-hmm. stuff like that run, it runs at thirty though. Yeah, but it mm-hmm. but it runs well. Yeah, you know, like you don't really. There's not a lot of hiccups there. So I, I except I don't when the bubble clines are swarming you. They're okay. There's, there's some or were they called bubble clines? Yeah, bubble clines. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Except when you go into Bokoblins. the uh, the forests. 
But they fixed that in the patch. Oh yeah, that's right. Remember at the beginning, yeah, the when oh, that game yeah. first launched, how how slowly oh, it ran. The forest. forest. It's still yeah. not great. Oh. Yeah. And yeah, yeah Zelda's a bad game. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. Wow, things have really <laughs> changed on this yeah. show. Wow, feels different, Jonathan. Yeah, oh, we're just negging everything today. Yeah. Uh, I want the share button, the capture button, somewhere different, just because I hit that thing accidentally so many times. That's mm. just a very small specific uh, thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel that. you on that. We were so playing Super Mario Party this weekend and on my Switch and going back into my Switch on Monday. Sideways. I was never crazy. Use I have I have like a yeah. hundred different yep. screen grabs of Mario Party. It's like, oh, I'll always <laughs> remember these good times. Oh yeah, I have fifty yeah. title screens of Overcooked too because someone else who's just starting to get the controller. Yeah. I was like, oh, sorry. It's like <laughs> that. And, so I, I, for me, it is largely form factor things like that. A better battery. I mean, for me, the thing I'm more interested in, honestly, than a redesign of the Switch, because like you said, I'm not really like I need something better than this. Right. Is Nintendo talked a while ago about, uh, and I think that's why they will keep Joy-Con parity. That they're like, it doesn't just have to be Joy Cons that go on the side of this thing. Like, mm -hmm. I want to see the more innovative things that they'll continue to do as they adapt this system for maybe it's a wider audience, maybe it's like for what? streamers, whatever they do. Whole game. What do you want to attach? Coffee Whole, machines? Yeah, hey, if it'll make my coffee hey, Yeah, morning, I was going to say, if the, like, wheels. if the Switch yeah. will allow me to play Breath of the Wild and make me breakfast, I mean, that's, that's the greatest console of all time. Of the wild. Yeah. That's right, Breakfast of the Wild. <laughs> oh, if you put a Keyblade over that thing? yeah. Uh, that's, that's a Photoshop me. challenge, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Breakfast of the Wild, but uh, get it out there. I want to see that. <laughs> that's it, baby. Uh, I totally agree with you. Like, I think that those those are things that they could very easily rectify. I would also like to see some something along the lines of what Microsoft is doing in in terms of like an adaptable controller. Mm -hmm. I think that 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 would be really cool for them. This is a good opportunity for them to try and yeah. maybe test some of that mm -hmm. as well. They should try a clamshell design. They've never done that before. Yeah, yeah. there yeah. you go. The like a Switch really DS. Well yeah, that would be great. Yeah. They sell those but, weird fl floppy cover cases they, things. Yeah. How weird. do they go like? They're just like. There was some discussion about whether they would go handheld only, and I don't think they would do that with a machine named the Switch. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That would be kind of defying yeah. the the purpose of this machine. I mean, that totally makes sense. Right. Yeah. I, Maybe. I, there I are games. There. Well, they switch also that said can be switched. Nintendo well, you can also switch said the that there were going to be games. Oh. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo also said that there were going to be games that you, or there weren't going to be games that you only played in handheld, and we've seen. Did what, they say five that? Or, yeah. I remember that was a, the topic of discussion. Like, oh yeah, you can play every game handheld or docked, and then right, somebody's yeah. gonna somebody's gonna come back and say that I'm wrong. But I I no, feel like okay. that's that was the case. No, I remember yeah, stuff like that. But I also don't think that they will ever, like you were saying, prevent one or the other. Like it won't only ever be handheld. But I wouldn't be surprised if they do a package that is just the Switch without a dock or without. The that seems to make the most. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they right. can charge you know fifty to a hundred dollars less yeah. to to put that Switch out. That. That opens them up mm -hmm. to a whole we're, new audience. We're already starting to see some weird. I mean, just in the last week alone, we got what is it? The world's end, the world ends with you, yeah. which basically uh, has like the the pointer controls and touchscreen controls, and then Mario Party, which like you know can't be played specific ways. So yeah, who knows? Um, I I kind of hope this happens, and I'm also totally okay if it doesn't. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I feel the same way. Like Jonathan said at the beginning of this conversation, like it's the freaking Wall Street Journal, so that probably means that this is like their sources are pretty solid, and that we're gonna get a, a new version of the Switch uh, next year, which is exciting, and it at least gives us a lot to talk about between now and then. Um, but. This is not the only Switch update. Uh, Switch update 6.0.1 uh, actually came out on October 9th. The big one. This is a very important update. Um, <laughs> sometimes, look, sometimes your boss tells you to put something in the run of show for Nintendo Voice Chat and you just do it because he's your boss. So You said there was no news. Here's like, the, how, about here's, this? how about this non news? Here's then? the big news on the report. Here, here's the big news on the update that Pear wanted me to say. Resolved an issue where the internet connection test does not display correct results for download and upload speed. That's an issue you've been having? No. No? Okay. And then also resolved an issue where some licensed controllers motion controls such as tilt function responding correctly. You've been having that issue? So too? that's actually a real issue. Okay. Uh, a lot of people are having problems with uh, with the tilt functions registered 
just drink. You think that maybe it's your age? If you <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if you've played Surgeon Simulator, no, that's just that, that game. That game is just broken. Uh, no, there have been uh, there have been actually some some issues and uh, uh, quite a few reports about Joy-Con not counting yeah. the way they should. And if you play The World Ends With You or any of these games, it is more important now that that actually works. I didn't put The World Ends With You on uh, on our uh, next topic oh, I here, but uh, I, I did want to say, like, there's been a lot of talk about the re our review uh, in that I guess the controls for that game are not easy to uh, kind of struggle with. In so. docked mode. In docked mode, yeah. right. Yeah. Or and they are easy to struggle with. I felt the same well, way about... Yeah, that's, that's a better <laughs> way to say it. screen stuff is apparently yeah. is, is pretty good. Well, and it's um, especially coming from the iOS version, yeah. which was single screen, and obviously the game was a DS game where the touchscreen was so important mm -hmm. to it. Yeah. 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 So the DS version is still the best one. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I've don't. i never really been convinced on like pointer control stuff with the Switch. It's also luckily not really been a major issue. But. Right. Well, apparently this newest update allows you to point even Better. Even pointier. You can yeah, you point can get better. you can get real pointy in this get new really update. in there. And I yeah. think they probably patched the remember the Hori controllers, battery eating ways, and all of that kind of stuff. At yeah, the same I time think that happened in they six. Already um, did that? Okay. So this is if you have a switch and you've connected it to the inter internet in the last week, you probably already have this update. It just kind of clicked the other day. I didn't even do anything to prompt it. So you can measure your Wi-Fi speeds more accurately now. Mm -hmm. That's important. Days of fun. That way you can play Splatoon better. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so this is probably the most exciting story to me uh, this <laughs> week. Absolutely. Not the update. The update is something that I, I put on there just for Pear. <laughs> Pear wanted to talk about it. But um, so a couple it's weeks ago. To talk about those yeah, things. A couple of weeks ago, you'll remember <laughs> that Pear did a, a nice little cameo at the end. Well, you make fun of me over here? No, no right. he's been very polite. Uh, Pear did a nice little cameo at the end of the episode where he popped up from below the desk and he said, hey, everyone, Assassin's Creed is coming to Switch and we got in excited. Japan only. And it's right streaming. Wing. No. Yeah, yeah, that's um, the, that's the cone, the cone of disappointment. Right, it just gets worse and worse mm -hmm, to the mm -hmm, bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, Assassin's Creed is out on Switch uh, in Japan as a streaming game, and uh, it is streaming in Japan. But you can't play it. Why not? That's what I put here in my notes. Um, first of all, <laughs> it requires it requires a really gnarly internet connection with which America simply lacks right now. Right? We are like, incredibly have, gnarly here. What are you talking true. about? No, I mean it's just with like you've got to have servers. you've got to have yeah the, the most Google dedicated. Is gnarly good? In this context, <laughs> you've got to have the most. Look, I'm from California. I, I, I use gnarly just interchangeably. Right, right, right. right. Um, you've you've got to have a really dedicated <laughs> internet uh, uh, service provider and, yeah. and like connection to really make these games run. No, it's true. Like we tried to get um, what was it, Resident Evil Seven, running on Here. a Switch. So the issue yeah. is that all of the big servers running these games are. Uh, on the other side of the planet. Mm -hmm. And so the, it's the latency, it's the distance that's, that's actually causing the issues. That's why, yeah. that's why it's an issue for you Americans be specifically to stream games to their Switch. A, we all know that the Switch doesn't have the best internet connectivity. Well, maybe thanks to this update, we've got a different story. Yeah, now it's the best. But um, you're actually, if you're watching the video version, you can see the streaming uh, version of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Here that on is screen, the Switch. Yeah. And it looks well, great. It's not the Switch. It's it, it's a Oh, this is PlayStation. <laughs> Somebody grabbed the PlayStation footage. That's all right. No big deal. Um, <laughs> it does run smoothly, though, from what I've seen. I've seen the video. We're lying to you. There's Dan. He blew it. That's okay. We're not mad at him. Um, it's, just a, it's just a Nintendo it, show. Um, but no, it supposedly runs really, really well. And I will say that we also have seen it hit uh, browsers this week, which is absolutely insane to yeah. me. So mm -hmm. it's come streaming to... Chrome. Yeah, it's streaming through Google Chrome. And Destin was playing at his desk the other day. And like, yeah, it's a little bit framey. And it's, you know, a little bit grainy. But like... 
that's Assassin's Creed yeah. on your browser mm-hmm. and, or on your Switch, which I think is amazing. So the Switch version, we had, uh, you know, we had our IGN Japan uh, team um, test it out. Um, if you have, ever want to visit IGN Japan, go into more in our nav and switch it to Japan, and then you're stuck uh, forever with having everything in Japanese. So good luck escaping. Uh, no, they tested it out, and it it streams it, uh, it, it. It feels good. There's a little bit more lag between the input and the action. You can tell if you play the games natively. Um, but it runs at 720p, and it kind of it looks awesome on a small screen like that. It's a very pretty game. Yeah. But you're streaming remotely, and so the moment you lose your house, you lose your internet connection, and you're done playing. What happened to your house? Hmm? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, you leave your house. There you go. You lose <laughs> your internet uh-huh. connection. Uh, you're done playing. And Got so. It. That's not awesome, right? We no. want to play games on the go, but if you live in a metropolitan area like Tokyo where there's free Wi-Fi on every train, it probably is not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. I wonder how it handles like reconnecting. Like if you lose it between train stops, does it just does it just pick spend up and yeah, yeah. spend and pick Safe it up state. at the next yeah. thing? That'd be a must be. nightmare yeah. on the NYC subway because you would just lose Wi-Fi every thirty right. seconds. Right. We yeah, yeah, same thing here <laughs> in San Francisco. Yeah. I mean there's no ownership for these games either. You can't buy them and play them forever. If the service stops, that game is gone. You're basically right. renting these games. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and AC does, uh, Odyssey, I've been playing a bit of it on PlayStation 4, and so it does good. have a, it, it is really good. And it does have uh, a quick save feature that is really, like, it's built in quick save, so you can just open up your menu and tap up, and it'll, it'll save right then and there, which is nice for this situation specifically. And I also feel, to your point about the lag, it's sort of a game that that is built to have like some sort of lag in terms of like their hitboxes are really wide. Like right. mm-hmm. the parry system, the dodge system, like it allows you to kind of. Move. There we go. This is the this is running on yeah. Switch, so you can see this is a cutscene, but it's running a little bit framey, but it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dan. What yeah. a guy good doing good. a hustle to get this footage up for the fans that need it the most. Good, does it have that eShop advertisement? The whole it time? does. So oh, you yeah. you can <laughs> see um, if you watch this video on IGN, you can see in the intro, you can see the menu. You basically just boot it right up from this from the service. It's like there's an icon for that game. You click on it, it connects, and and you're in. So it's kind of cool, right? Like this is obviously the way of the cool. this is the way of the future. Like if we were always connected with all our device devices. So now you can see the uh, the proper L and Z L buttons in the lower left here in the footage on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're if you were always connected and our connections were fast, this is definitely would be the way to go, right? Well, if the latency is gone. The other alternative is like a studio like Panic Button spends right. six months to a year making like a, a mm. very fuzzy looking version of this game right. that, that you own, right? But uh, yeah, this, doesn't this, look doesn't look as good. No, the Switch would definitely have some problems running this game. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and even 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 like just there's a a, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff happening on the screen. But mm-hmm. when you play it on the X or the Pro and seeing it in HDR, it looks so beautiful too. Yeah. Well, it's such so. a stark contrast to like playing something like this on a Nintendo system, right? Because back in the Wii generation, you take a game like. Call of Duty or even that uh, Activision Ghostbusters game, right? Or right. Claim, uh, but you had a, a whole separate game developed specifically for the Wii because they couldn't handle the the amount of power that it needed to process those those graphics. And and here, that's not the situation anymore. Yeah, right? I think one of my You've favorite examples of that is like Dead Space. Yeah. 
with it was like an on rail shooter, which yeah, is actually yeah. a really that cool really game. Good, yeah. yeah, really cool shooter, extraction, but I think. yeah, extraction, yeah. but you know, not the Dead Space experience that I was mm-hmm. playing over on Xbox or PlayStation at yeah. the time. So I think that this is this is such an awesome fix for uh, Nintendo and fans that want to play these big triple A games from third parties that might not have the resource to develop a Switch specific version, but can do have the infrastructure to stream it to your Switch. Right, and between uh, streaming games and like the fuzzy versions of Wolfenstein and like yeah. uh, the mobile version of Final Fantasy 15, right. it's clear that people want to make games for Switch. They're yeah. just struggling with really I mean, how to get it. Think about the install. Were you going to say, Jonathan, cut you made, yeah. I was just going to say with the, obviously the infrastructure is a big deal why we won't see this necessarily worldwide the whole time. But yeah, like I was just thinking about when the Wii U launched, it's like you're getting Mass Effect and Arkham City, but like three years later. And mm-hmm. like right. this is a much better scenario than right. having to wait. But I, Arkham yeah. City gave you those cool electro gloves. So That's it was important. worth the wait. Yeah. I, I think this will come stateside. If, if there's enough interest in Japan for yeah. this uh, and, and people are actually using this service, I do think we'll see this here, right? Like every publisher is doing the saber rattling about streaming games, and Microsoft doing? just yeah. announced a program as well, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, I mean, streaming right now seems to be the biggest thing. Um, Ubisoft is c- talking constantly about how the next generation to them and the future is streaming. Yep. So obviously, we're seeing that with Odyssey in practice here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this has sort of been a, co- a, a topic of conversation for the last couple of years about how to really optimize games for streaming on different devices, right? Like even going as far back as like the Ouya, rest in peace, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, that's something that's, that's been a conversation for a very long time and is now finally becoming an actual, like, tangible reality, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. I will say I'm absolutely shocked to jump... Well, nothing shocks me, but um, jumping Except into the, uh, the comments on this video on IGN, people are very upset about the idea that they would stream games and that's just not how the game is supposed to be played and it's well, experienced. But, like, hey, this is Assassin's Creed on your Switch, and, like, it might not be the most optimized version of it, but well, you can play it wherever you want. Like, yeah. Right now, it's probably not awesome, right? And, like, and people, you know, core gamers are upset when the ownership level is removed, yes. right? They want the cartridge, they want to own it, they want right. to download it, have it on their Switch, and play it anywhere, and that's the promise of the system. And this, by definition, you can't play it Well, I, I think Nintendo fans inherently are collectors, and they, they, they love physical, tangible goods, and they've been collecting video games for decades, and uh, opening up paper manuals and getting Nintendo powers and strategy guides. There's a there's a tactile feeling to being a Nintendo fan that's been there for a very long time, and that's slipping away quietly and slowly as it is across the industry. And I have conversations in in our in our Facebook group, the Nintendo Voice Chat Facebook group, which you should join all the time about this kind of stuff. And I think that a lot of people um, they don't really want to see it head in that direction. And the stopgap of like owning games digitally is one thing, but to just have something beamed to your system that vanishes the second you go to the next train stop right. is, is connection yeah yeah, yeah. well it's right. like music nowadays right yeah I've, yeah not that many people collect vinyl it's still out there mm-hmm. but i do who, show of hands uh who's surprised that i collect vinyl yeah okay yeah. yeah big surprise uh so assassin's creed came out last friday um but now let's talk about a game that came out a very long time ago we spent some time talking about this on the show last week uh, 350,000 fridays that's right <laughs> <laughs> the uh, first friday we did want to talk a little bit about the legend of zelda sp um yeah legend of zelda sp- <laughs> Um, so yeah, there is a, we have written here a ROM hacked version because that's what we thought it was initially. It's not the case, but there is a new version of the legend of Zelda available to Nintendo switch online subscribers Mm -hmm. that starts you with maxed out rupees in every item in the game. Not well, most most items items. in the game. Yeah. Yeah, It's like the the white sword and the shield and like the the better tunic and stuff like that. And Brian has written here, uh, basically it's big babby mode for big babbies, but you can still access the original, which is, which is exciting. Uh, Brian, I know you've never had an opportunity to play the original Legend of 
Zelda, and this is finally a chance for you to get out there, and <laughs> big, now you don't have to cry about I've it anymore. I've been scared about it for so long, and as That's a right. huge babby myself, I can't wait to get my babby hands on this babby game. <laughs> no, uh, so this just launched. It's kind of a weird thing. We had talked about this a couple of weeks ago, being like, We've seen these listings. What is this SP thing? Uh, we've also seen it for other games like Mario 3. And so now I'm starting to wonder, like, what what the hell are these things going to be? And this sort of like stealth launched on Switch today. If you're a Nintendo Online uh, a subscriber and you've got the NES app, uh, you've Popped got three up. new games, which we talked about last yep. week. Uh, but this one's, this one's here now. I get to play it for a little bit. It's super weird because it is effectively a save state of the original Legend of Zelda where the game starts and Link is on the first screen, but he already has the Master Sword. He's got the, you know, the blue ring. He's got six heart containers. He's got bombs, arrows, and... And a cup and and like the weird meat you give that grumble grumble guy like it's a totally yep. arbitrary list of things, but then poking around the overworld, uh, all of the secret areas in the game that you can bomb and burn and open up to explore <laughs> are already opened, and when you go down in those caves, it's, there's just nothing there. It's basically huh. a used version of Zelda. Yeah, that you got. it's so <laughs> weird. But when you try to delete that save, it's basically a safe state of somebody having played it already. When you mm -hmm. try to like. Uh, save over that that save state and restart the game from the beginning. It'll actually replace it with this yeah. advanced save state. And like, don't don't like. Let's not get it twisted here. This is still a hard game. Even when yeah. they give you a bunch of stuff, when you're fighting eight of those blue Stalfos guys in one room, like you know what we're seeing right here, the the red ones, it's kind of a pain, right? And this is not a, a very easy game. It's still incredibly obtuse. Like you'll still have to look around for where the dungeons are and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But some it's of just that mystery. Is yeah, some of that mystery is taken away from you. You, uh, you do you sort of start with a buffer and you're a little stronger, right. but it's so weird. That's the one word I can use to describe it. It's so damn weird. Yeah. It says SP in the corner the yeah. whole time. I that, just don't get it. That's the thing that I wanted to sort of talk to you about. Like, hey, look, we have a lot of fun on this show. We do a lot of, we lot, try. We'll a lot of goofs we'll, and giggles, and but like watching I mean, Brian play the original Legend of Zelda is like watching a classic artist paint a masterpiece because my dude knows this game <laughs> backwards and forwards it's absolutely insane to watch him play this like he'll you know when you're playing it he'll be over your shoulder like Bomb that oh, rock, burn that. Yeah, yeah. I was, this I was telling Damon Hatfield before that I don't know my wife's phone number, but I know <laughs> where all the heart containers are in the Legend of Zelda hey, and I'm, how to get them before. I'm going to be honest you, with you. You should probably learn your wife's yeah, phone yeah. number. I don't know anybody's <laughs> phone numbers. Uh, did Did you guys um, have? Did you unlock the games yet? Yeah, um, because so one of my favorite things about it is like I, this is the Japanese version. I haven't done it yet, but when you go into the menu, we asked whether it would scroll or what would happen. It's actually four red squares appear at the top, and then when you go up, they go. Ooh. Ooh. I like that a lot. Oh, they all make cute little noises. And yeah, it also yeah. gives you this little pop-up notification that's like, hey, new stuff's here. There's a new thing. Have a good day. Yeah. But I ultimately, I wanted to bring it back around. Like, are you for or against this sort of <laughs> integration? Like, this, um, there's something inherently special about, like, discovering the Legend of Zelda secrets for the first time. Yeah. And I wonder if this doesn't take enough away from that, that it, it makes it a lesser game. For people like Jonathan, who was born just, what, Eight nine years ago, yeah. he's never played the original <laughs> Legend of Zelda. He might not know all the secrets in, in ins true. and outs. Yeah, yes, it's very, <laughs> but it's, it's very hard, my big son. Oh boy! Um, so I, I mean, I think it's cool because little kids can play it or adult babies, and they can get through the first section of the game without dying immediately. Because there's some pushback very quickly in yeah. this game, right? Um, so I think that's good. I think removing a lot of the discovery um, is 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 kind of a pain. But again, this does not replace the version that you have already. This is just a second version. Version. Um, I'm interested to see like how they'll do Super Mario. Do you just have the star the whole time? 
Like, are you just invincible? Do you're you just start with fireballs level? and 50 lives well, on, on Your princess four? is not I'm, in another yeah. castle? I'm She's just it, okay? Yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because Sam Walker of, in the Facebook group asked, do you, think the, do you think the Zelda SP edition could be the start of a trend of making NES games accessible to those who don't have terrifi terrifyingly infinite patience? And I will say... And uh, the NES, I've played a lot of like the greatest hits, but there are a lot of NES games that I just missed because that I was right. I didn't go back to the NES until I was much older. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wonder if there's not a case to be made for like even going back now. Those games are tough, right. and it's not because I, I think it's because they just maybe haven't aged as well or there's a certain amount of of replayability that the the developers are trying definitely, to achieve or whatever definitely. it is, but. Is well, this something that Nintendo could do with a lot of their their games that could make those games more easily accessible? Well, to a lot, and a lot, will they? Yeah, and so the philosophy design wise behind a lot of the early NES games were effectively to emulate what arcades, arcades were, doing, were doing, which yeah. were you know like quarter suckers basically, just trying to take as much money from you as possible. Um, the Nintendo Switch, however, has a, a system built in right now that you can use called save states and you can cheat your way through every game. I played Gradius like that the other day because I was like, I've never actually seen the end of this game. It's brutally difficult. And so I just save stated my way through the game and blew up the planet at the end and flew away. And I was like, cool, I've beaten Gradius. S sort of, quote unquote. <laughs> But it's still tough to some place. I actually, when I heard about this SP thing, I thought they did this for a contest or for speedrunners or something, right? Like just to get you farther into the game or further into the game and then do some sort of competition around it. Mm -hmm. But you, you guys think it's honestly just to make it easier so that people don't get frustrated? Why not? I like think a, so. I why mean, not? I mean, why not a version of Mega Man 2 that allows you to start the game with all of the Robot Master's powers? And right. 99 lives and, or yeah, something. Exactly. Well, yeah. so I'd be interested in, you know, sort of opposite parameters that said, mm -hmm. Oh, let's take stuff away. Let, yeah, let's try a version that you can't get more than three heart containers, or you know, you can't get uh, you know more than four bombs, or something like that. Like, um, give give us a built-in hard mode outside of the ones that are already built in. Start game. you with full hearts every time you pick up a heart container. It goes down. It goes down. One. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think seeing them do this is the fascinating thing. Of are they going to try things like what Brian wants of a hard mode or something? Mm -hmm. like, right. We're, we talked to Reggie uh, Fizma at E3, and he said essentially like think of these games as the new virtual console, and so yeah. seeing them be willing to experiment with those things right. is awesome and I'm curious to see what the next steps well, are. It's yeah. also very it's also very interesting because Nintendo has always treated some of these older games as so sacred and profane that yeah. they don't want to touch them. They don't want to and now, now they're just going completely the opposite direction. They're like, hey, we're really in there just messing stuff up. So yeah, let, maybe though. I mean this is just a save. Like I, I would agree if this was more altered that they actually messed with the game mm -hmm. a little bit more. But I would love to see like more remix style stuff. Yeah. It's a, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it speaks a lot to the remix stuff that they did back on the Wii U, but I, I think it's it's in an important enough thing that like look we've dedicated nine plus minutes talking about it on this show mm -hmm. like this, these are the kind of conversations that they're going to take notice of and be like yeah. okay well maybe this is something that we want to see more of you know moving forward or yeah, that, I, that fans are really looking forward to doing and this will pull in a new audience I think it's like incredibly fascinating at the very least you know as part of like like you said about it's a company that's been so like safeguarded about their their properties to well, sort of be like oh here's a here's a you know think about a guy like Sam Claiborne who basically has like retro tattooed across his chest mm -hmm. right like Ew. we have a <laughs> he shaved it in hair <laughs> that's right actually. it's true yeah um, it's just in his mustache uh, <laughs> but we have a morning stand up every morning where Sam talks about the most relevant stories of the day right mm -hmm. and this morning he got up and was like well there's a whole new mode in Zelda and like these are the kinds of things that that Sam has probably played Zelda backwards and forwards like you have a hundred times yep. but now this is something that like, 
hardcore Nintendo fans will go in and rediscover new ways to love their favorite games. I think yeah. it's really, really cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, look, we could probably talk about The Legend of Zelda all day. In mm -hmm. fact, we did that back in March. We will. But, Again, so uh, when they announced the next Zelda. That's true. Uh, but let's talk about some new stuff. Uh, I wanted to talk about a lot of the things that we're playing this week. Uh, we got a few new titles, a few older titles coming to Switch. Um, Pear, why don't you kick it off with uh, Tricky Towers, which is a game that I, I didn't get to play with you, but I watched and it looks Oh, very you didn't fun. play with us. So yeah. Tricky Towers actually came out uh, on the PS4 and, and some folks walked by and saw us playing four-player on the Switch and said, old, I already played this. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry of the Switch right now, but don't hold that against this game. This is basically, uh, it's a Dutch-made version of Tetris, uh, where basically they use the same blocks, but they apply physics to it. And the object of the game is kind of like build these uh, Jenga towers to, uh, to finish a race and get to a finish line, or try to stack as many pieces as possible under a, a line, like a kind of like the limbo version of Tetris. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really mean because you can set this game onto like random and you will get into a race mode where there's wind blowing, so you have to kind of build every, everything crookedly, or uh, or you have to wedge pieces into this tower, um, and you play with four four people. A little hard to see on the small screen. On a TV, it's absolute puzzle heaven. Yeah, I we love were, this thing. We were having a blast playing this on, on Friday, uh, yeah. and I, I went from being like, oh, what's this, to being like, this is one of my favorite <laughs> um, couch multiplayer games on Switch. Um, I think that it does such a Nintendo <laughs> thing. That person's bad at it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it has such a Nintendo sort of design ideology behind it of sort of taking a simple mechanic and then you know exploiting it and exploring it in every way possible. Uh, I was playing this game uh, over the weekend, and I realized that if you play it against somebody who is basically like neutral good, they won't <laughs> spam evil stuff on you. And then they will only use the, because you have effectively in the race mode, a, an evil button and a good button of power yeah, up. White and black magic. Yeah. And the white magic basically means like, oh, I can create vines and, and things that will, you know, make my tower more solid and keep it growing. And there's the other one that goes, oh, I'll just summon like a giant evil block on top of or this piano. piano. Yeah. Or and make your blocks ice. And so you're all individually building these like wobbly, funny, Jenga towers and your your finger cross hoping that they keep going and then things out of your control start happening and it's just so much fun uh, I went from not understanding the game at all to jumping in for the full four player multiplayer with you guys playing a couple rounds and then being totally hooked and well I think like I think the thing is is like if you know how to play Tetris you know how to play this game yeah because it's, it's just physics based Tetris with a few added like twists yeah the which one I think is really really smart and it came out well we got we got it here we were playing it last week when uh, during the week that. Mario Party came right, out. and every day last week around 4 p.m. is when Mario Party started kicking off. Yep. And I would hear people hooting and hollering, and then on Friday, uh, you know, I hear the same <laughs> amount of chaos, <laughs> and I look over and they're playing this completely different game, and I was just totally surprised at how much fun it, people were having yeah. with it. Shut down right out of the gate. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The one thing that I mean, I, productivity I, on a Friday here. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I'll tell you right now to give you like a sort of a, a, just a step up above anyone who you're playing against is that it's just like Tetris, except there's tiny like there's an incremental half step between yep. every move, right? And that's what it totally That's breaks crazy. you and yeah. I was sitting at a weird angle from the television where I, I was on the far left and my my tower was on the far right and I kept missing that and I was like what am I doing uh -huh. but the funniest things that happen in this game is like you'll accidentally lodge a sort of like uh, a triangular shaped piece on its side right. in the middle of your tower and you just basically make this awful skateboard ramp where all your <laughs> yeah. pieces keep falling. I was watching Damon try to stack stuff up and it was just literally just falling oh, on both yeah. sides he just couldn't like, you, it was great you can use the shoulder buttons to kind of slam a piece yep. left and right so you can actually 
knock a piece off if you right. want to, or you can wedge a piece in lower and build yourself kind of like a, a tower to go around your main yeah. tower. It's it's very well programmed too. It has that Nintendo touch. Like when you win, it the it adds insult to injury by blowing up your enemy's towers. It goes like, mm-hmm. and you get this little roof that you can put on top of your yeah. tower just as kind of like an F you at the yeah. end. Like, <laughs> it's so good. It's also like it's it works perfectly with uh, split joy cons and like all the sort of different you know controller uh, combinations you can have with Switch. I honestly think this is up there with like overcooked Mario Kart, Mario Party, Puyo Tetris, Puyo yeah. Tetris yeah. as some of the best like local local, local multiplayer. Re- yeah, really so good. Sure. I'd say the single player mode is okay. Right, like it has challenges you have to complete, and if you get stuck on one, you can pick a different one from the list. Like sometimes trying to wedge a lot of pieces underneath that line, they're f- they're fun, but it is buy this game for the multiplayer. If you have two players or three or four, um, this is great. Yeah, really. Yeah. So that's that's tricky towers. Yeah. Go buy Tricky Town. Thank and you for the out, reset. I appreciate yeah, it's that. out today. <laughs> yeah, right on. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, I wanted you to talk a little bit about uh, Bombing Busters. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a huge Bomberman fan. I don't know why, because I don't think any of those games have ever been like excellent, but they're they're a blast. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and if you've wanted Bomberman on Switch, there's been one since launch, but it's been pretty expensive. Um, and then this game, Bombing Busters, just launched, which is like obviously very, very heavily inspired by Bomberman. Uh, it, is, it is completely just a, like, kind of, like, low, you know, lower That's price Bomberman. point. Yeah, it's just yeah. straight up Bomberman. just like Bomberman. Yeah. But what I like about this game, it is it has a full-on single-player campaign. Uh, there's both bosses and levels and everything like that. And then multiplayer, where you can, you know, fight against your friends. And it's, I think it's, like, seven bucks. Uh, it's got m- most of the same power-ups as Bomberman. Uh, I like it a lot. I'm finding that the AI is a lot smarter than the average Bomberman. Man enemy, okay. and so the, I'm finding a lot of pushback. Like it's actually a little more challenging than I thought it would be. But I dig this game. This is this is a really good time. Um, so go check it out. You played Bomberman on the Switch? I did. You, yeah. yeah, which I actually liked a lot. That one kept on getting updates. It too, did. Konami nice. like yeah. kept adding characters to it and levels and all this other stuff, and they ported it to other systems. Yeah, I mean, what else Konami doing? Like, not a whole lot. Just supporting yeah. Bomberman on the Switch. That, Castlevania think, Requiem. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. 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 touche. Which they're not bringing to the Switch, and yep. I'm still very angry about. Brian, ah. in in keeping up with a uh, uh, newer tradition. Um, I would like to assign you a feature on the show like I did last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see a list of the best Switch games for under 10 bucks. Oh, man. Ooh, That's yeah. a lot of Switch games. Yeah, okay. I know. Some really good ones. Um, okay, this next one I'm very excited about, yeah. but I know Jonathan is very excited about it as well, and I want you to talk to us about <laughs> Mark of the Ninja because... This is a great game, Absolutely. and um, it's crazy that it's on the Switch. So. I know. I'm bummed we've broken the alliteration of Tricky Towers, Bombing Busters, not Mark of the Ninja. Oh, Mark of the Ninja? To, yeah, we'll have to deal Mark with it. Mark of the Ninja. Uh, Mark of the Ninja was, I don't exactly remember the release year, but it was an XBLA game on the 360. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it was this, it's a side-scrolling 2D stealth game. Yeah, it's great. And, like, I... I was so in love with this game when it came out, and I've been so frustrated that they've never continued with it. It mm-hmm. uses shadow and light, really. That's how you kind of navigate who you mm-hmm. can attack and how you can mm-hmm. navigate through a level. And it's just so smart about setting up these really crazy, difficult levels where you have to make sure you're properly dealing with the lighting of it all. But when you find your way through a level and you kill like 10 guys in the darkness, it's yep. so satisfying and it's so brilliant. Yeah, don't, if you're if you're on the eShop every week, don't look at this game as like another Metroidvania or something. It's definitely not like that. Plays um, very differently, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is effectively like a, a 2D side-scrolling Batman game. I mean, and the the player movement in this game is pretty much unmatched for 2D games. The, the sort of repertoire of like weapons and stealth moves you can use, you can play through entire levels um, without killing anyone. Uh, there's hidden scrolls around each level that you can use to upgrade stuff. Yeah. I was playing a bunch of this last night, and I, I just forgot how 
awesome this game is. Uh, it's so cool, and it's so cool that it's on Switch right now, too. It's like, I, it reminded me of Shadow Complex, which was yeah. kind of yes. like a take on Metroid already, mm -hmm. which I, I wish that had come back, yep. too. Yeah. But yeah, this, this game is... Um, this game's really good. Yeah. Just very thoughtfully kind of constructed little like warehouse puzzles where you have to figure out which path to go and take out people like in a set area, mm -hmm. and then you kind of scroll to the next. Yeah, the place. production values are great too. The animated say, really cool, and story, yeah. you can really go back cool and rewatch them all and stuff too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm actually surprised that this didn't go on and become a franchise. I know. I really hope that it coming. It, it's coming across multiple systems mm -hmm. now with the remaster, and I really hope that it's a sign that Clay is like, let's see if people are still interested in this. Let's see if yeah. we can make this work because it is so smart and so singular and it bums me out that there was never any follow-up to yeah. that yeah and it's not as hard as some of the the newer metroidvanias and well things, right speaking of hard metroidvanias mm -hmm. my pick this week guacamelee yes uh, guacamelee super turbo championship edition is out for the switch uh and we are getting the second guacamelee game which i've yet to play yeah in december um, in december i've been holding out for the switch version of that guacamelee is probably my favorite metroid game since super metroid this yeah. is this is a absolutely fantastic uh, Metroidvania game. And I know that some of you out there listening are getting very drunk because we've said Metroidvania a lot and you have to take a <laughs> shot every time we say it. But mm -hmm. like, honestly, I cannot recommend this game enough. It is fantastic in both its art direction and its its humor and its playability mechanics. Like, It's super tough and it's super fun. And it shows a little bit of its age. Like, It's a little too mimetic in places. But mm -hmm. like, man, this game is so rad. And like, I just love it so much I can't recommend it enough. What I, I love play as a chicken. Yes. You can play as yeah. a chicken. That's what I true. love about the uh, mechanics of the game is essentially there's a lot of platforming in the game, and then there's also a lot of these combat scenarios, the luchas where you have to fight. Mm -hmm. But you're using the same systems in different ways, and it's really smart about being like the uppercut that you can use or the side swipe or the headbutt is also very important to the platform. To the locomotion, yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. it's so smart about blending those two things. Yeah, this... Uh kind of like surprise stealth launched on Switch the other day. Right, it's really yeah. cool. They're, uh, Drinkbox Studios, who's been working on this franchise for a very long time uh, and have, they've put out Severed and, you know, a bunch of yeah. other games in the last few years. Uh, just kind of woke up and go, hey, uh, Guacamelee is mm -hmm. on Switch. And I was incredibly excited for it because this is a classic game. I played it on PS4, but more importantly, I played it on Vita. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I just yeah, feel I like, Vita too. I feel like it's just a perfect fit for a handheld game. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, like you guys hinted at, it does such a great, uh, uh, sort of a great job of using every part of every mechanic that it throws at you um, for both traversal and combat and and platforming and everything like yeah. that. Uh, and it's just, it's it's so special. I feel like you can get through the main campaign in a couple hours, but there's so much hidden stuff. Around. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know, a couple hours. Those last few levels are, yeah. those it last few areas are so yeah. brutally tough. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I love that. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not a great, I'm not great at video games, but this there's something about this game in particular that when you master its systems, when you master, like you're talking about the combination of locomotion and combat, like mm -hmm. it makes you feel so, so good at it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And to see the Metroids, the Metroids yeah. in the background. Yeah. If you watch the footage, right there. Yeah. Two also does a really great job of that, where I think a lot of the campaign itself is actually not easy, but they make it approachable and mm -hmm. accessible. Whereas they put some of the side stuff in the sequel. That's is right. You so reviewed two. Yeah. I reviewed yeah. two, and I'm so happy it's coming to Switch because I think it's easy to have missed that game this year. Yeah. And I don't think you should sleep on two. Even if you play one, you won't get burnt out. But that's but, awesome. Two does just this great job of really making that main campaign so rewarding, but when you get to the side stuff there, you have to be so good at the timing of this mm -hmm. game, and it's so rewarding to get through some of those challenges. I think two is totally going to be on our Game of the Year list, Oh yeah, absolutely. and I'm really excited it's hitting Switch right before the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. What a bummer that this and Mark of the Ninja came out at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like they're, they're different They're not enough. similar. They're not the, they're not the, they don't mm -hmm. feel the same at all. 
Um, but you someone know, if, looking at a glance. If people are deciding between the two, what would you pick? I'd pick Wakamiri. I, I would. T- I would tell you to buy every game on this list. Honestly, this is just one of those weeks. <laughs> yeah. Just like eat ramen noodles for a few days, buy an eShop uh, card. Yeah. I noticed you forgot uh, to to mention Kimono Friends Picross, which also came out. I was new Picross. You're right. That was on the tip oh, of uh, boy. my tongue. I, I was, so I was looking at my Picross S2, and I have 55 hours logged. Most of that <laughs> is me falling asleep with the game. And like yeah. And yeah. The, the switch turning yeah. off. Yeah, after an hour. that's not surprising. That's because I'm yeah. tired. It's a very riveting game. Thank you very much. Uh, no, but there's a new Picross version out, uh, out okay. with some uh, anime bull in it. I'll, t- I'll take it. Anime More bull. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, that is such a great roundup of games this week. What a good a good week to be a Nintendo Switch owner. But I have to throw a little wrench in the spokes because it's time for a game that we play here every week. A game that I like to play. 20 questions. Question block. Oh, oh phew. Yeah. It's not a game. I know. It's, it's, not a, a game. it's still not a Games game. Games need We're, rules. I know. <laughs> the rule is you write in, we answer the questions. Maybe. Maybe. So I guess then, the game is getting picked. Yeah. Mm. That's it. So, so we're about to announce some winners. So our first so winner like, is Stephen Gadman. Stephen Gadman asks, uh, is your favorite game also the best game you've ever played? For example, my favorite game is Super Mario World, but the best game I've ever played is Breath of the Wild. Oh, man. That's so, a good question. I, I'll go ahead and start us off. No. Um, yeah. My favorite game is uh, Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. I think the best game that I've ever played is probably Breath of the Wild as well. Um, yeah. That's the, that's the one that jumps to m- mind for sure. So what about you, Pear? Well, I feel like this is just a, a, a cheesy way to get two great picks in instead of having to decide for one. But right. like, yeah, I definitely think the best one was Breath of the Wild for me. And mm-hmm. I always I always used to say Ocarina of Time or Link to the Past before that. And I feel like Breath of the Wild it's just like feels fresh and new and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I love, I love games like The Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. And like whenever people ask me about my favorite games, I can never say The Witcher 3. So I'm just going to use this right as a joker card there you go yeah cool mm-hmm. wait so which one was the best and which one's your favorite my favorite is now the witcher 3 and the best one is breath of the wild okay yeah, and All right. i'll Controver- change that next week controversial pick on a yep. nintendo podcast brian what do you got <laughs> i mean i've said a million times in the show that my favorite game of all time is legend of zelda Link's awakening but yeah, uh, that game ha- that game has like some very 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 over quality of life issues where you can't assign more than one or two mm-hmm. items to uh, to your slots at a time because it was a Game Boy game, mm-hmm. right? It was a two-button game, effectively. Um, and so Link to the Past, you know, Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild, other games do such a better job of handling that on in <laughs> terms of Zelda. A lot of Zelda games in this A lot of Zelda games, yeah. but uh, Link's Awakening is still my favorite game of all time. Is it yeah. the best game of all time? No. What is the best game of all time? I don't know. I'll let you know. Okay. Keep it locked. Me- right. Me- Me- Metroid Prime is nice, too. Metroid Prime is great. Uh, yeah, Metro- yeah, Super Metroid mm-hmm. is maybe... Is up there for me for the best games of all time. Um, Zero Mission's better, but you know. Zero Mission is very good. Zero Mission is very good. Uh, Jonathan, what are your picks? Is Kingdom Hearts 2 the greatest game of all time? Who can really say? Uh, (laughs) I can. I can say. No. Uh, No. Yeah, Uh, yeah, like to say I I love that franchise, but to say that Kingdom Hearts 1 or 2 would be the best game of all time, no. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I think like of recency, definitely recency bias, like God of War for me personally is probably Uh, the best game I have played in a while. Oh yeah, um, reminds you of your childhood. Yeah, it's like, is that it's your game of year right now? Yeah. Yes, oh yeah. Same. It's hard. Yeah. What'd you give that game? You did the review. What'd you give? Uh, what I give God of War? Yeah. Gave it a nice old ten. Big old ten. Yeah. Wow. Jonathan giving out tens, Dornbush. Yep. That's what yeah. we call him. <laughs> That's what everyone was like when I was doing Guacamelee two and then Spider Man. Right before every review I've done is basically, oh, you're gonna give it a ten? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I gave one. It yeah. was just one. I'm All not right. Craig Harris on the Game so, Boy. What's your- <laughs> Wow, that's Craig. why I bought Link's Awakening. Yeah, six that's why I bought a lot of. We games only had a ten point scale back then. Yes, so yeah. IGN Pocket was, was just uh, a week. It was ten or land. zero. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Craig said you can't. 
you can't decide whether a game is a 9.2 or a 9.0. So he's just at 9. <laughs> that's true. That's definitely yep. good uh, philosophy. Still waiting on that uh, Link's Awakening reboot in the uh, Link Between Worlds engine. I know. Whatever happened yeah. to that? Liars uh, and rumors out there? <laughs> liars and rumors. Uh, Dale Venkus asks, Another NBC winner. versus Unlocked versus Beyond, who wins? In what? I assume like fisticuffs. Oh, so I thought you meant like exclusive games. We're, we're lovers, not yeah. fighters. That is not unlocked. And now, right now, we have yeah. Jonathan. Well, yeah. and Brian. So there's Brian a, so across oh, that's the right. So there's yeah. two spots open on Beyond. So now we're four, and they're two only. Yeah. So we got them. Yeah. Does that mean we have yeah. to fight two fights, or do, we get do we to fight ourselves? ourselves? I, look, I think yeah. I think we're burying the lead here. I think what all of us are saying, without saying it, is that regardless. Uh, Unlocked loses because they're a bunch of wimps. Right? Yeah, everyone yeah. knows that. Have you yeah. seen Brandon Tyrell? Yeah, that's little, right. little small, small guy. I don't know. I yeah. mean, like when your system doesn't have a lot of games, you have a lot of time to go to the gym and that's do true. all that yeah. kind of stuff. Sick. Plus, Sick lifting burning. the original you box burn and the controllers. Yeah. You burned the Xbox big, twice big today. <laughs> yeah, I love my Xbox. We I just downloaded it. Forza yesterday, so oh, yeah. so good. Really excited. That is one of my games of the year. And Game Pass is awesome, by the way. The fact that you can pay ten bucks and get games every single month. On Game Pass, only available on. I'm sorry. Well, like all your <laughs> Xbox news, keep it locked to NVC. Oh uh, boy, Chris Chris Randazzo asks, uh, "What are the best video game soundtracks you've heard this year?" Celeste. Uh, Celeste is very good. Undertale just yeah. arrived on Switch. Yeah, there's one. Uh, the Messenger. The Messenger has yes. such Ooh, a banging yes, soundtrack. Yes, that's such a good it's still really, that. really good. So and that. I know that we joke a lot about how the show is like brought to you by The Messenger, <laughs> uh -huh. given how much we've discussed it this year. But it's yeah. actually brought to you by Xbox Game Pass. That's right. So uh, man, The Messenger soundtrack is killer. Yeah. Brian's taking a look at it through his list. Yeah, what, what came out but, this year? Uh, yeah. It's not uh, Super Mario Party, which has very forgettable music. Right. Yeah. Like. Celeste, I listen to all the time. It's just so serene and cool. Yeah, it's really good. In a lot of ways, um, not Nintendo, but the God of War score also, is fascinating. hard to believe that Celeste came out this year. I know. It's right. That was a January release, and it feels like an eternity. So, yeah. yeah mm -hmm. Splatoon out. keeps on adding content with great music. Yeah. Okay. Octopath Traveler has has nice music, too. Yeah. Uh, Dead Cells had good music, too. Dead Cells Ooh, had good music. Um, and I really like God of War. Luminous. Yeah, God of War God music is very soundtrack. good, yeah. 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 I, I enjoy... Spider-Man soundtrack is really good. So Spider-Man soundtrack is really good, but that main theme is just the Avengers. It's, yeah, like, it sounds sure. so close. I yeah. love That's it. That's true. It's, very, it, it's great. I have the vinyl. But yeah. 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 I really want uh, Spotify on Switch. What? Yeah. I know. They took it off PlayStation. What? Or or is it still on PlayStation? I thought I thought it when could you just oh. plug in your phone? I, Never mind. It's, it's I take that back. To the maybe I just maybe I just voice chat. Oh, maybe I, I just couldn't find it on yeah, my PlayStation. Mm -hmm. but, um, okay, mm -hmm. moving on. This is a this is a Nintendo podcast. You guys keep yeah, yeah. come on, keep it together. Um, Marco Eldridge, great name by the way. Uh, Marco Eldridge asks, uh, "What do you guys put on your hot dogs?" Asking for a friend. My, <laughs> my what's going on with your friends? This is such a tough one, man, because it's like I'm such a I'm such a purist when it comes to pizza. Uh-huh. But with hot but dogs, like, I'm like, hot I don't dogs care. But yeah. you talk to people from Chicago and they're like, you put a ketchup on a hot dog? I'm like, yeah, it's like ears and snouts. Who cares? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm doing I'm doing mayonnaise. What? I'm doing, yeah. Whoa. Oh, I'm doing mustard. Boy. I'm doing ketchup. I'm doing cheese, mm -hmm. relish. Sauerkraut? Maybe, uh, maybe what onions, Mayonnaise. diced okay, onions, sauerkraut, ah, uh, so like a very God. thin, like a very thin. Don't spread say of mayo. thin spread of mayo on the show or anything. Mayo, mayo is a good thing. I don't put oh. mayo on my hot dog. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a purist, and I make two versions of the hot dog, and mm -hmm. I'm fine with one with like Whoa, peppers and sauerkraut. Yeah. We should really pay attention to this no. because pear comes we, from the birthplace of the hot dog. No, no, we just have we a lot are. of sausages. The hot dog, I'm sure, is American in some fashion. Mm -hmm. you, you're thinking of the hamburger. 
which, am thinking which came of from Hamburg. Yeah. Uh, no, right. I, I just used I, uh, I use mustard, ketchup, uh -huh. uh, raw onions. Okay, good. And relish. I'm on done a, with that. On a regular that hot dog, yeah. sometimes cheese. But I have another variety, which is the Danish version. And I'm getting hungry. You need uh, you need this nasty Danish sauce, and nobody knows what it's made from. It's this yellow kind of weird special sauce from Denmark. What does it taste like? And then I, it's like it's special. It I bet they sell like it at the that mustard museum in Cologne. Oh and, yeah. Uh, and then you add uh, you add the crispy roasted onions, the crispy ones. You okay, get yeah, like yeah, a little can, pack. Yeah. yeah, and then to, uh, and then ketchup, and that's it. It's crispy onions, so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Thorn right? bush? Whatever Nathan's is people from on, Denmark have. Okay, back me yeah, up. Whatever, whatever Nathan's, Nathan's is doing there. Yeah, uh, no. Usually for me, it's a pretty standard like ketchup, mustard, relish sort okay. of thing. Nothing too crazy. Okay. Yeah, I, to me, it's like it every, everything they have yeah. available. If you go like if you're in New York City and there's one of those grimy ass hot dog stands, everything they got. Yep. yep. If they you, got cheese, put it on. I don't it mess too. with them. You just came back. You just came back from New York. Did you do a New York street hot dog? No hot dogs, but I solely ate pizza and bagels. That's a good. We had one non pizza and bagel meal. Did you do a, did you do a bagel sandwich? Uh, no. Have you guys been to Grace Nasty. Papaya? I don't know what oh, that yeah. is. Grace, Grace Papaya, Papaya in New York City? No. It's like oh. they have a they have the thing called the recession special and it's two hot dogs and a and like a, a, a fresh fruit drink uh -huh. for like four bucks or five bucks. Okay. It goes up like ten cents a year. Um and they have all the toppings, so you put them all on. It's a fantastic lunch. I'm Sounds wonderful. I'm, I'm leaving now to eat. Uh, <laughs> Emmanuel Louivano asks, uh, when Super Nintendo World opens in Universal Studios Japan, what Nintendo-themed food would you like to see, i.e. butterbeer from Harry Potter? Mushrooms! Mush just mushrooms. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, well, it has to be all candy, because all like Nintendo food is candy, except for that weird pan-frying thing in Mario Party. Yeah, like, the cube. The, mm -hmm. the, the little like, cube-shaped. Animal pieces or something. Uh, what, if had, what if they had like deep fried invincibility starfish? <laughs> oh, I mean, on to it. that is really nasty. It's really like, gross. They like obviously dried starfish. Yeah. <laughs> they need to have a Breath of the Wild shop. Yeah, where it's selection. So for many of those breath. recipes. Yeah, yeah. yeah what if they had the like a restaurant where you could cook your own food and they play that song and the whole time? Oh, and and the pots bouncing in place and everyone's getting burned. Definitely a health just loud as hell We must shut this down. But obviously, like if you play play Smash Brothers, there's a lot of food, so you can get like you know you can get your curry, Kirby Kirby items and all of that. You can get the the M tomato and all that. I want the Metroid Jellos, and they're like jiggly Metroids. Just. Yeah. Doing that so get like what are you doing over there? What do you got going on over there? <laughs> Metroid Jellos. You know. Huh. Stop the show. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to after that. So, plus, like Pear, I'm also just getting very hungry. So, mm -hmm. it's time to wrap this show up. Try to go eat some hot dogs. Mm. If you're interested in that, we could go down the street, find some, is there find a good some hot free dogs. Do you want to go? <laughs> right after. What's that? Is, is there a good hot dog place? Hey, I'll tell here? you what. Well, baseball season just ended, yeah. but. Uh, I'm a I'm a sucker for a danger dog outside of the ballpark. A danger dog, if you don't know, is the Never bacon wrapped hot dog that they sell on the street. That is like good one. guaranteed to give you an ulcer, but just like mm -hmm. so, that's, that's so good after a night of hard uh, exercise yeah. of the liver. Yeah, <laughs> get it. That's right. This show brought to you by Danger Dog. Mm -hmm. We gotta, you know, it's nice to have a new sponsor every week. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Xbox Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Pair Brian. Jonathan, thank you guys so much for joining me. Exactly. Thank, thank you. you out there for watching us. We are, uh, what is our show called? Nintendo Voice yeah. Chat. <laughs> We're IGN's weekly Nintendo show right here on IGN.com, Thursdays at 3 p.m. and Fridays at 3 p.m. on YouTube. Next week we'll be back uh, talking about a lot of Nintendo news, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll be out there and you'll be able to... Get the thing. Beyond uh, chat. Yes. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, 
that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.